The Star Jelly Files, Episode 17, Blue Stars in Forgotten Places. Incoming distress call received by Andromeda Galaxy Rescue Station 782. Broadcast automatically sent to listeners per configurations established by Astra. This is Vi, the beacon of the 12th universe, attempting to get a message to Astra. For anyone who's listening, and especially if it's the Andromeda station receiving my message, I ask that you also hand-deliver this to her to make sure that she gets it. Last I knew, broadcasts weren't making it out to anybody, and I can't imagine that situation has changed. My hope is that since this is going out on the Distress Channel, that somebody in one of the local galaxies will pick this message up and make sure it gets where it needs to go. I'm aiming for the Andromeda sector. I'm aiming for that sector because I've worked there recently, and I have a few allies there that I think are listening. Although, if you're not an ally and you're still listening, let's see if you can help me out. Astra, if you're listening to this, and I hope you are, I'm sending this distress call because, well, I have no idea where I am. Last we spoke, or last I wrote a letter to you anyway, I was sitting on the edge of the spiral galaxy with Fall, waiting for the arrival of Chester. Link was busy with the Council, trying to prepare for additional plans, and Fall and I were watching Chester make his way towards us on our navigational system. His ship was way larger than I thought it would be. I had never seen it in person, or even seen it in technology. I had only heard tell of what he was flying around the universe on. Giant, square, bright gold monstrosity. It's almost as if he took technology from other worlds and just stuck it all together with tape. But it flew, so I guess that counts for something. Fall and I, for our part, were really just hoping to stand back and to follow Chester. We weren't planning to confront him. We weren't planning to get in his way. All we wanted to do was watch and observe and see what he did. We didn't get our chance, though. When Chester arrived, he immediately opened communications with me and made his goals extremely clear. He didn't reach out to me through the typical means, through technology or messages or any of the things that he's done in the past. He actually reached out mind to mind. I didn't think that was a particular skill set that Chester had. I especially didn't think it was a skill set that he had considering that I don't allow everyone to speak to me mind to mind. I think he's been training with someone we're unaware of. But that's not really important right now. What's important right now is that as soon as Chester reached out to me, he told me that he knew what we were doing. He knew that there was a trap being laid in the spiral galaxy for him. He knew that we were there waiting for him and that he had no intention of going quietly. He talked about how if he had to, he would actually bring down the entire spiral galaxy. Every world, every being, everything in that area of space. Initially, I didn't believe him. I didn't believe what he was saying because that simply wasn't how he worked in the past. And after talking to Fall, he agreed. In the past, Chester never took action on his own. He always instigated worlds to argue with each other. He never did the actual arguing or destroying. He let them do it. So the idea that he was claiming that he was going to destroy everything, because I was there, was interesting to me. I decided then to reach back out to him, not through technology, 
because at that point I had discovered communications were down anyway. I think he probably blocked out the communications on our ship. And after talking to Fall later, I realized he tried to reach out to you and a few other beacons while I was talking to Chester, and communications were down there as well. So I think Chester probably took out more communications than just for me. But I decided to reach out to him mind to mind, telepathically, and that's not something that I take lightly. But when I reached out to him, it didn't work. I couldn't reach him, and that's really strange for me. I've always been able to reach out to another being, into knock, per se, to see if they'd like to have a conversation, but I couldn't even get to his front door. It was almost as if a brick wall had been put in between us, and I couldn't make my way through it. Fall and I discussed the problem, and decided in that moment that we were going to actually physically move my ship next to Chester's to see if we could get in touch with him that way. At the very least, we wanted to try and talk him off the edge, and to find out how real his threat was. Also, we were seeing shadows of other people walking around on his ship, and we wanted to see who else was there. But as we pulled forward, and as we approached his ship, there was a brilliant flash of light. And then, suddenly, everything changed. Everything changed around us. It took a while for my eyes to refocus because the light had been so bright. But when they did, I realized that we were in a completely different sector of space. The spiral galaxy was gone. Everything around the spiral galaxy was gone. When my eyes focused, I realized I was staring at a blank expanse of space, as if that part of space hadn't been built yet. And that's where we're sitting right now. I have no idea where we are, Astra. This is not a place that I've visited before. This is not a place that I've heard anyone talk about before. That may be because I'm a younger beacon, and I haven't explored everything yet, but I feel like you would have talked about this place if you had known about it. It's so bizarre here. It's not like any other place that we've been in space. I should also note that I'm not here alone. I'm here with Fall, yes. But after the bright flash of light, I also realized that Link was now on my ship. He was no longer in the spiral galaxy. Someone had tossed him into my ship and sent him with us. Also. Chester's here. His ship sits close to mine. Radio silence is still in action. He still hasn't tried to reach out, but I can see his ship out my front window. I imagine he's trying to figure out the same thing I am, where we are. To give you an idea of where I am, in the hopes that maybe you can come rescue us, Lincoln Fall don't know where we are either, so the likelihood that you know is probably slim, but I can hope. Looking out the window of my ship, this is what I see. I see an expanse of bright blue stars. We've counted 12 of them, sitting there and winking at us, but they're not stars as we typically see them. There's a couple reasons for that. The first is that there's nothing else here, Astra. And when I say nothing, I mean absolutely nothing. There are no planets, there's no space junk, there's no asteroids, there's no dust, there's no moons floating around, there's not even the occasional satellite that's drifted off course from a distant planet. All we see is an expanse of darkness in the 12 blue stars. They also aren't stars in the typical way. 
They aren't at a distance and twinkling. They aren't pulsing or anything like that. They're just hovering there, almost as if they're fake. It almost looks like they're painted onto the sky. We've scanned the area to see if maybe we're just not seeing something, as if our eyes can't see it or any form that we have can't see it. And we still can't find anything. Or anyone, really. I've tried to figure out where we are on the star charts as well, but I couldn't find anything in any of our records or any of Walter's histories about a place with just 12 stars. And again, I feel like this is something you would have talked about to us. Because not only does this place look so different, look so empty and new, it also is so quiet. The hum that you usually hear in space, the vibrations and the sounds and the cacophony of life on different worlds, it's just not here. All we hear is the sounds of our own equipment on our ships, and that's it. Usually, the universe or a galaxy or a solar system is just so much louder than this place is. Be it from radio frequencies or other planets or other ships flying by or just the noise of space dust. The other thing that's a little odd is that I swear these 12 stars are watching us. It feels like they're intently staring at us as we sit here. Fall and Link didn't believe me at first when I said that, when I said that out loud to them. And I probably wouldn't have believed them either. They thought I was just getting trapped in my head and getting too wrapped up in where we were. To distract ourselves, I did try to dock my ship to Chester's. I did try to reach out to him, but again, we couldn't get anywhere near him. Anytime I tried telepathically or physically, we were stopped. No idea what's stopping us, Astra. But again, it's as if there's an invisible wall between us. Something doesn't want us interacting with him. And the more I think on this, I don't think it's Chester. I would be in total shock if he had this kind of power within his resources, if he had this kind of skill set within his resources. If it was you on the other ship, I might believe it, but not Chester. As we've sat here, we haven't had a whole lot to do, except for research and try to figure out what's going on. Beyond trying to reach out to Chester, we did try to fly in a couple different directions, first away from the stars. We didn't make it anywhere. Our ship stopped as we tried to move forward. And then towards the stars. And again, we were stopped as we tried to move. So it didn't take us long to figure out that we're stuck here. I don't see a way for us to leave. I don't see a way for us to interact with Chester or a way to move anything forward. And that's the reason we decided to try and send this distress signal. I figured I would try to send it to Andromeda. The reason I chose that location, Astra, is I know they're always listening. They're always looking to help. That sector of space spends a lot of time on rescue missions, so I'm hoping someone there may at least hear us and get a message to you. Although, let's be honest, I don't know if this message is going to make it anywhere. If we're not allowed to fly away or to explore, what's to say that we're allowed to send a message? And even if it does get out, I don't even know how to tell you to get here. In theory, I guess you could track this signal, could follow it back to me. But I think this place is sentient. 
and I don't know that it's going to let that happen. For the most part, Fall, Link, and myself are fine. We aren't injured. We aren't in trouble. We have plenty of supplies. But that doesn't change the fact that we don't know how to get out of here. I'm not sure what else to share with you, Astra. I don't know what else would help you to get here. I'm not sure what else... Something's... Hold on, Astra. Something's changing here. I don't know if it's because I'm broadcasting, or if Chester did something, but something is definitely changing. Those 12 blue stars, they're moving now. They're coming towards us. They're definitely looking more real now. They no longer look like they're painted, but they look like... They look like... Small, floating orbs, like soap bubbles. They're much smaller than I thought they were, Astra. I thought they were the size of a typical star. But really, they're no bigger than my ship. They're moving fast. They're going to get here quick. I don't think we're in danger. It's almost like they're curious about us. Or maybe they're listening to me. Maybe this is how they communicate. Okay, they're changing. They're they're changing again, Astra. I'm going to keep talking. They're no longer orbs. They're no longer soap bubbles or balls of light. They're humanoid, humanoid-shaped light. Still blue, but they're floating in the vacuum of space. There are still 12 of them, but you can make out their head and their legs and their arms and it's almost like they're surrounding us. Not to harm us, I think. They're exploring my ship. They're looking at all the parts. Fall and Link are running around trying to figure out what they're doing, but they're not doing any harm. It's very literally like they're inspecting us. I don't see them inspecting Chester's ship, from what I can tell. It's just us. All 12 of them are around my ship. And I think. This is so interesting. Their voices are getting louder. Remember how I said I could feel them? I can feel them in my head, Astra. It's like a quiet chattering. They're reaching out to see if I want to talk. I'm going to say yes. And I'm going to keep broadcasting in case this is the last thing you hear from us, I guess. They've all moved now. All 12 of them are now sitting in front of the window of my ship so I can see them. They're sitting as if they're on chairs. It's so bizarre. They're flying around as if they're in a physical room, but they're in the vacuum of space. Twelve humanoid-looking balls of light sit in front of me, sitting on invisible chairs, at least from what I can tell. And it almost looks like they're laughing. They're nodding and gesturing towards each other as if they're in deep conversation. They don't feel hostile. They feel like they're having a good time. They're having fun hanging out with us is the idea that I get from them. I'm not quite sure how to understand them. The way they talk is very different than any other being I've worked with in the past. Link and Fall say they don't understand them either, but they can hear them in their heads too. 
It's starting to become clearer now. I think they're trying to figure out what languages we speak. They're trying a bunch of different ones to see if I understand them, and it's getting... There we go. They figured it out. They figured out what language I speak, and they're speaking telepathically to me now. They're very soft-spoken beings. Very quiet. But they are... laughing. They say they're surprised that we're here. That their friends sent us here. I'm not sure what friends they're referencing, but... Apparently, beings like them were in the region of the Spiral Galaxy. They saw our conflict, and they sent us here to prevent any violence. They say that they're very ancient beings, not within the definitions that we use as beacons, but within their own definitions. These are beings that existed before everything else existed. They remind me of the light beings that work at the Lightworker Academies across the universe. But they're a little bit different. They feel like different beings. They're confirming with me now that I'm correct, that they're related, per se, to those beings. They're talking about how, in the beginning of times, the beginning of their times, anyway, different groupings of their beings broke off to work on different things. The ones we're familiar with work with the light workers that we work with. This grouping took on a different task. They're telling me that their job. <laughs> they must be lying or exaggerating. This can't be real. They're saying that their job is to experiment with the creation of time and space, the creation of worlds. Paul's asking them now if they mean the creation of souls, the creation of actual living beings, and they're shaking their head no. What their job is, is to help the universe expand. We started, oh, this is really interesting. They're showing me so many pictures in my head right now, I don't know that I can process all of this, that I can share all of this, Astra. I don't know if I should. I know the signal goes out everywhere because it's a distress signal, but also because you're probably rebroadcasting it. They're talking about how they help the universe expand. How in the beginning, no, not the universe, the multiverse. They're showing me in the beginning how it was just a single solar system, a single star. And how over time, all of these other pieces were grown upon that single star. The addition of millions and millions and millions of stars and planets and places for beings to live. They oversee the expansion of the multiverse. The expansion of the universes that fill that multiverse. They develop new planets. They develop new places for us to exist. They change those spaces as beings evolve. They're showing me that when they first started, planets were relatively simple. That when souls needed a place to be, the worlds didn't need a whole lot. But how that's changed over time and how they've had to adapt. They're showing me all these pictures of all these things they've tried and created and used. Now, 
They're moving on to talking about how displeased they are that Chester is manipulating the worlds that he comes into contact with. Normally, they don't like to get involved with the universal politics. They let things play out as they play out, but they feel like Chester is manipulating things. He's causing worlds to fight that never would if he hadn't been involved. They still don't plan to intervene, but they wanted to talk to him to understand, and talk to us to understand. They're implying now that they know us, and I don't know if they mean us specifically, and I somehow don't remember this, which would be extremely surprising to me. Or if they just mean they're familiar with the beacons. I'm inclined to think that something's wrong with my memory. That, or something else is going on that I don't really understand, Astra. They're saying now that you know how to get here. And that you can come pick us up. But you should come soon. They want to talk to you, too. So, I guess I'll leave this signal here, Astra. They're saying they'll let it send, and that you should be here as soon as you can. We'll talk to you later, Astra. I guess. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Star Jelly Files podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that you are having a great day. The Star Jelly Files is written, produced, voice acted, and created by me, Elizabeth Hamblett. If you would like to support the podcast and gain access to bonus content, check out my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash starjellyfiles. If you would like to learn more about the podcast or visit our merch store, check us out at www.starjellyfiles.com. The links are also in the description.